This episode is brought to you by San Pellegrino. Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And today, as promised, we have not one but two guests in the room. Please introduce yourselves as you would like to be introduced. Yeah, so two for the price of one. Um, we are the hosts of Emoji Drome. I'm Sylvia. You can also hear me on Friends of the Table. Hi, I'm Morgan. You can also not hear me on Friends at the Table, but you can hear me <laughs> on Emoji Drome with Sylvie. Uh, we were tasked at the beginning of this show to kind of introduce what it is that we do on that podcast. Um, I'd say we're sort of like, I think once we described ourselves as the Siskel and Ebert of Emoji, but I think we're more <laughs> the Beavis and Butthead of Emoji. It sort of evolved into the Beavis and Butthead of Emoji, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like how you say evolved as if that's of a cultural, like, level above Siskel and Ebert, which I really do I mean, do it's showing enjoy. my Who's personal still alive? <laughs> Who's still alive? Answer me this question. Yeah, Damn! Isn't Beavis and Butthead having a movie come out or something like that? Yeah, isn't there probably. a whole thing they're doing? Yeah. And I bet they played at the Jeans at the Gene Siskel Film Center down on State Street. Let me tell you. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, um we uh, we have a podcast and we pick emoji every week and we talk about them, we dissect them and we make a lot of jokes about them. <laughs> and yeah. apparently we do it well enough that we've been invited on uh, Dogs Must Die, which I am absolutely thrilled to be here. Sylvie, um are you mm -hmm. thrilled to be here? Are you thrilled? Are you? You know, excited? the name was a little intimidating, but yeah, I'm happy, happy to be here. <laughs> happy to be yeah. here. Yeah, it's not dog girls must die. Thankfully, if I'd be, I'd be. Can I? I was gonna ask if I could swear. Like this is like a sponsored podcast because the San Pellegrino thing genuinely threw me <laughs> off. <laughs> No, uh, they're they're real cool with anything you want to do. Okay, they cool. won't mind that I just called out Gene Siskel for being dead, as if that's a moral <laughs> failing of his. Call out post Gene Siskel died. Gene Siskel has been canceled to a permanent degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're we're here, and we're here, I think, to talk about JoJo, as many of your guests often are. You didn't bring us on. To talk about emoji, <laughs> I don't know if there's like custom JoJo emoji somewhere. I'm sure somewhere. Oh, somewhere. yeah, somewhere. somewhere out there. But it always feels like Iraqi's grasp on technology is always ten <laughs> to fifteen years behind mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. modern technology mm -hmm. is. So if if JoJo goes for another ten or fifteen years, maybe we'll see a stand based all around yeah. emoji somehow. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I don't know how we want to intro into the podcast, into the actual JoJo <laughs> discussion, but mentioning modern technology, uh, literally the first note on my list here, which character in today's watchings is most likely to run and maintain a TikTok account in y'all's <laughs> It's Narancha. It's Narancha. It's Narancha. I don't know. I, I, I thought it might be Mista. Sex Pistol number six. Specifically number six gives me a vibe. Oh, mm. true. Is that the one with the Texan accent, or is that the one who's manic? That's all the number time? seven. Okay, yeah. okay. I watched this with the dub for the first time. It was a very eye-opening experience <laughs> for me. <laughs> no, we we've been generally uh, uh, very pleased with the dub from like more like uh, uh, substantive things, like just the way they uh, uh, write the boss and his you know perspective on the world into his word choice, but also 
the the bullet says yeehaw like a cowboy hell yeah it's so good good. he sounds like Gurr from invaders m it makes me so happy it's really tremendous i had only ever watched the uh, jojo parts with the subs before this watching it for re-watching it i should say for y'all's podcast was the first time i had seen anything really from the dub and just y'all y'all talked about this back in part four i think with the yukako stuff but just like the punch-up they do on the language in the dub, especially on oh, some yeah. of the stuff in this part, just, just, <laughs> mwah, chef's kiss. It's so good. It's so much fun. <laughs> I guess the crew as a whole probably has a shared TikTok account, what with all the dances, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Definitely. I guess it's like, I think, I think Mista is the one who runs and maintains it. Mm-hmm, You're right mm-hmm. about that. But Narancha appears on screen the most. <laughs> You know the video of the two British guys hitting each other with chairs? I can like yeah. see like any any combination of the squad except maybe Abakio <laughs> doing that. Except I, I can know. see Abakio swinging the chair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's the one watching the trends to like plan out their next few videos. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> God bless. Well, we answered that way faster than I thought we would. Uh, <laughs> all the rest of my notes for the first episode, uh, number 14, are just me losing my mind over the dub lines. They call the turtle a reptilian bunker at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just impeccable, impeccable choices. So I, I just, going back to the TikTok thing, I did have one more thought. Do any of yeah. y'all know, have any of you seen the TikTok dude who's like got extreme divorced dad energy and he runs oh, yeah, like Papa a perfume? No, not that one. Uh, a different one. Uh, no, it's the guy who runs like a perfume brand and he's insane. Oh, oh, I do know this guy. What's his name? I forget um, his name. It's like Jeremy Fragrance or something. Yeah. Jeremy Fragrance? It's not. I don't think it's literally that, but it's That's something like that. That's a stand like username. That's a stand username. Come on. But like, it is Jeremy dude... Fragrance. I'm so sorry. I was right. It's pronounced yeah. Fragrance. Anyway, apologies for interrupting. <laughs> but for some reason... Even though their personalities don't really match, I keep imagining Bruno in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if anyone's going to run a fashion brand in this gang, it would be mm-hmm. Bruno, I think. Absolutely. Look at Divorced yeah. Bruno Bucciarati is a terrifying thought. <laughs> <laughs> he announces he's taking the kids, and then a city burns down. That's kind of what he did with Trish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, um... There's a lot in these episodes. There's a lot that happens here. Oh, yeah. I, um, I don't know how y'all want to really tackle this, if we want to go chronologically, if we want this to be like a free spinning web, but um, uh, I've got I've got a lot of thoughts. The, the first point I want to make uh, uh, near the top, at least, is like thinking back to our last uh, uh, guest discussion when, when we uh, just sort of looked over the beginning of the part, uh, uh, the first 13 episodes, I was rather negative and I felt <laughs> kind of bad about it at the time, and, mm-hmm. but my opinion has completely changed, but I don't think I was wrong. <laughs> I think no. the show has yeah. uh, shown me that, that I was entirely correct. I, I think something I said was along the lines of, I'm enjoying all of the parts, I just think the, the proportions are wrong, like there's something off in the mix and as soon as we're done with the introductory fights and also before the introductory fights i I guess one thing i do regret is not pointing out that the first three four episodes are really great but once they're over this Mm -hmm. is great this is fantastic yeah Yeah. absolutely i really love how they spend so much time building
main characters in this arc as opposed to like I think in I think in Stardust Crusaders you get a lot of incidental character stuff just because they spend so much time together and mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. um you know all these different like little character quirks they have but in part 5 it feels as though Araki really sat down uh, kind of the way he did in part 4 and was like okay how can I use these fights to convey something about, you know, the characters and their sort of worldview and, like, their abilities and all that. And in some cases, you get stuff like the white ice fight, and in some cases, you get Narancia being small for three episodes in a row. (laughs) So, kind of a mixed bag, this one. When he's normally pretty small. He's already very small. Already small. Yeah, I think I think the pacing at the beginning of this, uh, like this part specifically, like I think they do a good job of getting like like the Jorno and Bruno stuff is really good, and then it kind of like stalls out for a little while. Part of that is trying to get all like more of the like gang introduced, but like it really hits a lot better once they're finally on the train, at least in my opinion. Yeah, the yeah. train as soon as it starts, you're like, oh, we're kicking it into high gear now, right? Like. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I want out of this part. These these characters who have been pretty well fleshed out at that point, all really working together in a way that feels satisfying. I think um, I think Araki does a lot of stuff in Golden Wind in general, but especially in this stretch of episodes where he finds ways for the characters to play well off of each other in terms of their powers and like what mm-hmm, they can mm-hmm. do. I mean, you see that in the other parts prior to this as well, but I feel like one of the main appeals to me of Golden Wind is that it's often so well considered in that way in a lot of the encounters. Uh, One thing that keeps coming up recurring across this stretch and a little bit before it is uh, the idea of like, who is really in charge here? And Mm -hmm. uh, everyone who's surveyed thinks that uh, Giorno is the real leader of the group. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I might ask everybody, do, do we agree? Because uh, uh, I'll go first and say no. I don't think so. I don't think Not, so. He He's he's the aspirational role model for... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> ha- okay, look. How willing are you to chop off your own arms <laughs> Yeah, to, to do stuff? Uh, I mean, fr- frankly, a lot more now that my friend uh, knows how to remake arms and put them back <laughs> yeah. on me. Yeah. Maybe that's why, though, is that he's the guy who can remake the arms. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. Maybe it's just like, well, he takes care of me. <laughs> you think that gives him the leadership position by default? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think the, the debate here is really between, like, leadership as command. There's no one more commanding than Bruno Bucciarati. Uh, or, like, uh, the servant model of leadership. You know, the... the a leader's job is to uh, enable everyone to to be their best and perform at their best. And that, I, I see where they're going from with Jarno. Uh, uh, I have to be curious what the group would be like if those two ever actually disagreed on anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 That might be the thing that makes it, though, is that because Bruno is so bought into Jarno's stuff that mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. people are just picking up on the fact that Jarno is kind of the shadow leader of the group just by bruno being different there's a there's a lot of like behind the scenes like like it's they're doing the same thing with the boss right like who's pulling Mm -hmm. the string stuff and i think that might be an unintentional mirror there i don't know you do bring up a good point that anytime there is a like debate within the group about what to do next giorno comes up with the idea that bruno says yes that one that's what we're doing and then mm-hmm. Abaccio is like, Giorno, that's so stupid. <laughs> and they do it anyway. This is I'll... the um 
<laughs> I'll simply make all the cars into turtles. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, this is the stretch of episodes where he turns them all into frogs, right? What a... <laughs> What a fucking incredible moment that is for this series. Like a, like a watershed landmark moment for JoJo's <laughs> Bizarre Adventure as a creative property, I think. I um, I really like this specific set of episodes, and um, I, I kind of want to dig into it with stuff like Pesci, especially. <laughs> um, in terms of Araki really starting to flex how weird this series can be, you know? Because I feel I feel like Part four was definitely weird in its own way. And they've all been weird in their own way. Like, who would have thought from a series called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? But (laughs) I think this specific stretch of part five is where he is now comfortable enough with the idea of stands and, like, what stands can do and how characters can interact with stands that he is starting to push it even beyond the ways that part four iterated on what stands were in part three, right? We start to see a lot more like of the abstract kind of stand stuff. Like, um, I don't know what it's, I don't remember what it's called in the dub, uh, but, but the fishing rod stand beach boys or whatever, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you start to see a lot more stands going forward that are like really specialized and only really do like exactly one thing like that, you know? And um, the, like the guy who dies to activate his yeah stamp. exactly yeah 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 <laughs> exactly like like going forward from here there's so much more of that stuff in this franchise right How like going into part six did and seven. he know he had a stand so I was this, gonna here's ask my thought <laughs> here's, okay, yeah. here's my thought because I've wondered this a long time too uh huh some stands just tell you what they do oh, and that's like, true that's true before he died he could still summon his stand it was next to him while he was getting shot a million times or right before that so maybe it was just a weird goblin stand that was just like you have to fucking die for me to punch or whatever you know <laughs> I always thought that he was like a he was like dead already. I thought the whole thing was that mm-hmm, mm-hmm, was that mm-hmm. he was some kind of like weird wraith corpse zombie thing because there's the oh. part on the plane where they get uh where all the writing shows up right on the side. Is that is the writing that shows up on the plane is that from the stand where it's like I want to eat pizza <laughs> and maples or whatever because I didn't pick up on that at all. I had no idea what that was. This is a point that that I was thinking about. Like sometimes, in some cases, a stand has completely different behavior and completely different abilities when it's in like tension mode compared to when it's in <laughs> active fight mode. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. A notorious Big is a huge one for that. Obviously, like why is it trying to frighten people? It should just be eating them because it's faster than an airplane and unstoppably strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. But listen, listen. Cool fight. On a plane, uh, what, what is the what is the stance name in the dub? Spicy lady. That's so fucking yes, funny. Spicy lady. That's yeah. so funny. Oh my god, I'm so and used to. She, she says you can call me spicy lady, which is a thing yeah. I've said to people too. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. I I've always been really into watching JoJo with with like the subs. I was really hardlined on you know oh this is like the real <laughs> name you know it has to be it has to be king crimson like it has to be killer queen and i still think for the most part a lot mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. them are better in the original dub or, or i guess in the sub or the original writing whatever you want to call it but spicy lady is is very very good to me it treats me exactly right especially when they do the um the wannabe thing at the end and it's like oh i guess this is a spice girls reference yeah <laughs> 
still also an extremely big fan of the earlier part five stand craft work being localized to arts and crafts yeah it's really good <laughs> it's, it's really funny but i feel like there's been a few really good um localizations for stands especially when they uh, like when all-star battle comes out people are going to get exposed to the ones that haven't oh, right. gotten anime adaptations mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. and those have some real goofy ones it's gonna be great i'm so excited for that game to come out it isn't even a stand, but nothing will ever top Dan of Steel. I'm Dan sorry. of Steel is the all time. Yeah, it's a how classic. could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> Dan of Steel, God fucking bless. I am. Um, yeah, that just took me out. I so this is something I really wanted to talk about with this mm-hmm. show and this, and again with this stretch of episodes in particular. One of my favorite things about any media at all has always been villains and specifically groups of villains who've worked together mm-hmm, but mm. are kind of dysfunctional, which I think I picked up from, if you're familiar, or the Organization 13 stuff in Kingdom Hearts, right? <laughs> like in Kingdom Hearts 2, you know? And yeah, um, that's, kind of, that's kind of always stuck with me, you know, like in Metal Gear Solid, you have the different like terrorist cells and all that kind of stuff. And so I They're really constantly like... constantly bickering with each other, those terrorists. How do they get anything done? How do they get anything done? <laughs> but my favorite part about any like series is just the collection of stone cold freaks you get <laughs> with the villains and stories. And Golden Wind is like just, just feeding me nonstop with just the... F- fucking freakiest guys you've ever seen in an anime i am pesci is one pineapple head you know but i think this has my favorite one which is um giaccio food the uh the white album is that how you pronounce his name giaccio thank you who i love him I think he is really indicative of what a lot of villains in JoJo are going to be like going forward from here. The part where he has his random breakdown about death in Venice, I think about that all the time. It is one of like <laughs> the moments from part five. I, I remember just like on a random basis where I'm like, hey, remember when that guy got really upset and he was on this car speeding down the highway covered in ice <laughs> and he just started rambling about the merchant of Venice and death of Venice and the pronunciation. What was up with that? It's and so good. We'll never know. We'll just never know. He never he never had a reason. It might be my favorite fight in the ones we watched. Oh I, yeah. It's great because it, it really lets Mista shine in his most true form, which is the like, I'm not losing, this is victory wine. This isn't blood, yes. this is victory wine. <laughs> There's like, a lot of yeah. that in that episode, just yeah. Constantly getting his ass kicked, but like doing it in a way where he's like, I'm actually winning by getting my ass kicked. It's <laughs> I love that. I live for it. That um episode is maybe the pinnacle of that in the series. I wrote this down because at the very end when he's got um Giacchio or uh, up against the like lighting pole or whatever and he's literally like gushing blood from his spine and like <laughs> bowled over and coughing he's like oh mister you you were wrong i win because i was bleeding more than you were and it's like <laughs> holy shit dude like come on it's, it's so great. good yeah, it kicks ass. He's also one of the only JoJo characters who has glasses. I, we haven't really seen That's a whole true. lot of glasses characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can y'all name any other main JoJo oh. character that has worn glasses in the show so far? No. no. No, right? 
I think he's That's the weird. only one. Yeah, I've Doesn't never noticed that. Joseph have little ones, or am I he wrong? does get he does. like little readers yeah. in his old age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does think, Rohan yeah, wear four. glasses at any point? He no, seems but he like great. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy. He he seems like the kind of guy who wears them without any like lenses in them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because he just thinks they look nice. So I did look up Rohan glasses on Google, and it's giving me like a designer wine goblet company just called Rohan Glass, which is not <laughs> great necessarily what I'm looking for. It's it's just Eomer of the Rohirrim with an astigmatism. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not getting any results. You can buy a little glass with his pin nib thing i i suppose okay yeah but that's it no no specs for rohan mm. as far additional as additional sponsor and a, a, as well as san pellegrino is that one specific class mm-hmm. 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 if rohan's vision ever started to fade he would immediately retire and burn all of his manuscripts <laughs> <laughs> i think so yeah yeah absolutely you could tell me rohan kishibe would do anything and i'd believe it at this point, Morgan linked a picture of a little plush Rohan that we started talking about without any context. So here is your context. Oh, look at this little so, guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at this little guy. He looks... <laughs> I don't know. There's something There's something amiss here. I yeah. want to know what background used to be here that he got lasso tool yanked out of. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine going to an arcade in Japan and that's when the prices, the the prices, the prizes in the claw machine. You get your own little fucked up Rohan plush to take home. and <laughs> I would I, go broke. I think, about, I think about, what is it that post that you see floating around Twitter or Tumblr sometimes where it's the um, the person talking about how they had to, used to have a Webkins they would fill with milk and slap <laughs> up against the wall? Because I feel like that's what I would do with this Rohan plush. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's floating in a white void you're already like in the process yeah it's in, it's in the stasis chamber it's waiting for deployment <laughs> rohan's taking a soak <laughs> honestly honestly i would watch no less than two whole episodes about rohan taking a bath i think that would be i think i think Araki could make that an incredibly entertaining set of episodes i know we're going back to part four here now all of a sudden but rohan is too fun to think about imagine yeah. how many freak things he would have to have like exactly precise for the bath to be good. i know oh i know he's be got measuring- a candy thermometer in there for some reason it's just yeah. his favorite thermometer oh my gosh it'd be his like a bathtub it'd be like would the, be from pretty woman yeah it'd be like the skincare routine at the beginning of american psycho it'd yes. just be him like describing his routine oh gosh i don't even remember what else i wanted to talk about i need a minute okay okay well let me uh, let me let me consult my notes here uh like Here's a simple one there while we collect ourselves. <laughs> there is a, a name theme. Pretty much everybody we fought recently has been named after food. And some of them relate very clearly to something about their character. Mm-hmm. And some of them absolutely not. So I would like to go through <laughs> these and see if we can come up with a theory. Yeah, like, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. For Majo, he uses okay. little feet. He makes things small. What about this man is akin to cheese? Is the cheese small? Yeah, yeah, stinky feet. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I didn't mm-hmm, want to be the mm-hmm. one to say it, but that's where I went first too. I thought maybe yep. shrink things down like mouse size. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's much more normal. So maybe uh, maybe <laughs> we should go with that. Imagining a stand that's just a mouse trap. That'd be like a know, normal mouse trap. That honest <laughs> to God sounds like something from part seven. Like no yeah. bullshit. Or, or part oh, eight, yeah. part eight, Joe Jolian. No, that I, also sounds like something from part seven. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything from part seven because it's my favorite, but there's a guy in part seven who has a power that like makes me believe that that could happen. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, Illuso, Italian for deluded, but probably related to illusions. Mirror. Okay. Got that one. Prosciutto. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like an aged meat, right? It's an it's aged. Like okay, he makes meat. people old. He's got yeah, aged he turns meat. them into okay. jerky. Okay. Yeah. Uh, pesci, fish, fishing rod. Yeah. Ship yeah. it. Yeah. Malone. <laughs> we don't talk about Malone. This this is not an episode that Ooh. exists. Yeah. Uh, Get yeah. that melon out of here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Giacchio, obviously ice. Squalo. His name means shark. Cool. Tiziano, again, named for a Renaissance painter. Not even a food. If you had not told me his name was Tiziano, I would not have remembered. I remembered Squalo <laughs> because it was it was distinct, but I don't remember anything else about that episode aside from seeing the shark fin in the soup and being like, is this a Spinal Tap reference? Did he put, did he put a shark sandwich reference into JoJo? Like, is that what that is? <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in like... The spinal tap fans. Years? The spinal tap fans in the audience know what I'm talking about. They're losing their <laughs> minds for that one. But um, yeah, the entire Hitman team is made of drummers. A little known fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why they keep dying so often. I okay. Do do the Hitmen in this show die? Do they die the way that uh, some of the other ones have, or do they all just retire? I feel like most of them have died so far. Yeah. I'm forgetting his name, but from the first third of the series, the guy with the craftwork stand, mm-hmm. he lived, I guess, and uh-huh. so did the the guy on the boat. Okay, salt and sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. salt and sugar. The tortured guy, right? That they did the yeah. dance. Yeah. Okay. I believe those two, just from offhand comments from like the characters as they were getting ready to like you know go to the next location, made it sound like yes, those two lived at least. But I think literally every single other one has died. This is the part where Rocky starts doing like a Kingdom Hearts 2 nobody fade away when people die. <laughs> I think um Dar- I noticed it you noticed it on and off, but you notice um God what episode is it? It's either the train episode or the one where they fight against King Crimson, where where Butarati's soul leaves his body. You see like the, yeah. the glowy stuff come up. You see it when they just murk the guy on the plane runway and he falls over and you see his soul mm-hmm, leave his body mm-hmm. has he been doing that in, in that part four? starts in part three i recall in part three yeah. okay yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i remember the rule that it's like people in jojo die when they become like a like a mufasa cloud type situation <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there is no afterlife in jojo you just enter the stratosphere and you're able to turn into a cloud form Mm-hmm. As seen in the the last et, uh, opening sequence of part four, mm-hmm. they're just up there yeah. in the clouds, pointing yeah. down. Yeah. So I have to ask. Um, I know we have some other names to go through, right? Don't we have uh, to talk no, that's about... about it? Okay. <laughs> what's what's the Kine name? Of... Is meat? Yeah. yeah. Was that the guy who beefs it on the runway? Uh, yeah. Notorious yeah. Big. Okay. Yeah, and he's named Carne because he beefs it. Exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do y'all think about the decision to stop using Freakin' You as the end song in the show? Because I think it, I, I really think it takes something away from the experience of <laughs> I, watching Golden Wind. I do miss it because, like, I remember watch when this anime was still you know, airing weekly, mm -hmm. and we got to the point where it got away from Freakin' You. And the, the song that plays there, I always forget what it sounds like because it doesn't make any impression on me, really. Because it's and not freaking you. Because it, it's not freaking you. And yeah, it doesn't feel right. No. It's like, like I feel kind of similarly about the like second. I like I don't dislike the second opening theme, but I'm just like the first opening and ending for Golden Wind. They like had it right. They didn't mm. need to change anything. The, the thing that saves the second OP for me, like I also think it's it's fine. Um, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I, I still like it, but I think the thing that saves it for me is the hell no at the end. That <laughs> okay, part's really, yeah. I'm always looking forward to the hell no. You kind of just need that one moment in an anime opening and then you're sad. Mm. Yeah. I really prefer the like visuals of the second opening to the first opening. I, I think it's really clever uh, uh, and frenetic, like cutting and direction to put, you know, the entire first half of the show in four or five seconds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm. That takes skill. That takes work. Also says something about the pacing, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just disappointed that uh, they never used Freaking You the way they used Roundabout in the beginning. Oh, God. Because oh, ima imagine if they had, like, resurrected that meme and a lot of people are, like, putting up, like, TikToks of, like, I don't know, they're about to fall off a chair and then they talk about how they wake up feeling so horny. And <laughs> it would be amazing. Your brain. It's got a really, it's, it's got such a good, like, start for that, too. Yeah. Like yeah. what? What episode and what moment would you have wanted just to hear the opening beat of "Freaking You" come in on during this show? What yeah. is like? What in your mind? Like when they would play the guitar of Roundabout? Like where do you start with the porno funk in this show? And then Mista on the ground with four bullets in his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not bad, not bad. I um, I don't know. I feel like uh. The part where where Bruno has completely unzipped himself, I feel that would be yep. that would be yep. a very different tone if he's sitting there, the life leading his eyes, and you just hear that bass come in in the back. It really would have changed that scene for the better, I think. The show should the the song should start up literally every single time Zipperman unzips something. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. They should put that edit on Netflix. They should like have it as a separate like language option. Yeah, Netflix needs all the, the dubs they can get cut. these days. Yeah, the, the yeah. freaking you dub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the it's like the Dwang translation. Yeah. If they licensed the Dwang translation and just did another uh, dub pass. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Man, that would have been like a really good like April Fool's bit, like yeah. when Part Four was coming out. Yeah. yeah. Missed opportunity. Could also see it being like one of those gags they do at like a con at some point, like some mm, anime mm -hmm, dubs do. They play the bloopers and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Can we circle back on freaking you real quick? Because I did Absolutely. find something in my notes. Um, at the end of episode 19, after they beat White Ice, there is the scene where Mista is getting killed by Shorno. <laughs> and, yeah. and he's like looking like he's doing a funny blowjob. And literally, it cuts right to every time I close my eyes, I wake up feeling so horny, which is just. <laughs> just start playing it a little earlier. Just move yeah. it up like 15 seconds. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. They almost got there, but not I quite. I feel like that's one of the last episodes that it's on, too. It is, yeah, yeah. because the next one is um, where uh, Diavolo starts showing up, or the boss. Um, I don't know if they've said his name in this, so I hope I'm not spoiling not anything. 
Okay, okay. Well, wow. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. The boss shows up. <laughs> the boss shows up. Um, That's not the name of a food. Yeah. Uh, so, so the boss, the the boss shows up and it's where they betray him which is one of my favorite sets of episodes in this section mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and golden win as a whole uh and i made one of my first notes is the baby bruno stuff where it's flashing back to his childhood and he's still wearing the fucking like white jacket with the black spots mm-hmm. and then he goes to his dad's funeral and he's wearing the same outfit but it's just black with white spots yeah. listen <laughs> his oh father was a humble fisherman but he made sure that his son was always dripped out he had to stunt he had to stunt <laughs> on that one it's, it's the same jacket inside out that's the secret that's oh, that's so smart. genius that's so genius oh dude that is rad. I uh, I love this episode where they betray the boss and King Crimson shows up for the first time. Yeah. King Crimson is such a cool stand. Oh my gosh. That episode is like the best possible wrestling booking, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> because Bruno, I mean, he gets his ass kicked. Like, he, he dies. <laughs> I saw his fucking ghost. He dies. But he still comes off like the goddamn Terminator at the <laughs> same time. Mm-hmm. God, they really did a great job of showing the effects on King Crimson in the show. Because in the manga, it's really interesting. You just see the characters, like, superimposed over each other, like, on the path that they're going. And mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's really, really cool. But I like the sort of cosmic aura split in space-time kind of direction they took for mm-hmm. it in animating mm-hmm. it. I, I always love seeing... One of my favorite things about this show is the color work they do, and mm-hmm. those scenes are a great example of that. The slow motion they do with the, the King Crimson time-space stuff mm-hmm. is also one of the actual examples you can point to to people who, lo- uh, people who love to watch uh, interpolated 60 frames a second anime and go, this is how you actually do it, because all the slow-mo in this show is done with like AI. Mm-hmm. To like interpolate the frames out to make mm-hmm. it you know, smoother, an actual oh, that's so cool. good use of it. Yeah, I, I I did not know. That's very cool. That's sick. I think that um, yeah, King Crimson is like the stand that benefits the most from like the animated adaptation more than anything. Because like reading this back in like before part five is adapted, it's so fucking hard to tell what it is that that stand does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, oh, yeah, no, they did a pretty good job explaining it. And like, uh, yeah, it does some time stuff that I can't really explain, but it's, I know what's going on. You just hit fast forward, right? It's like the remote from Click. You you hit fast yes. forward. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it yes. literally is. It, I'm dead serious. It, it is. You. It, it Like the easiest way to describe King Crimson is that it's the remote from Click. You press the button, everything else fast forwards around you. And, or like you fast forward and you know what I mean, right? Like, like you fast yeah. forward. <laughs> it's <laughs> literally the remote from Click. I'm I'm just picturing some really smooth King Crimson. <laughs> <laughs> the click remote is Christopher Walken's stand. It's um it's called time it's called time after time, or it's called time keeps on slipping, one or the other. <laughs> Iggy keeps um, humping that pillow, he won't stop. Oh Oh my god. (laughs) I think I've told this story probably on the Emoji Show, but certainly on one of my movie podcasts, but Click was one of the first movies I watched and I realized a movie could be bad, right? (laughs) Like, it was right on that threshold of me being a kid and just being like, wow, I love movies. Oh, I go to the theater. I see B-movie. I love it. And then, like, growing up a bit and being like, damn, this, this is like 
this this sucks you know <laughs> like that is my one memory of click and i'll keep that like in the back of my brain probably until the day i die so here's my question what is adam sandler's stand and what does it do <laughs> Oh no! And if oh. you can't think of one for him in specific, think of one of his Adam characters. Adam Sandler's stand is Rob Schneider, and I don't know what he does. <laughs> no one will tell me. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He'll just do a racist caricature. It's not a good yeah. standability. It's pro- yeah. it is literally the worst standability. <laughs> when you see the uh, stand chart at the end, it's range F. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say it's Jill from Jack and Jill, but mm. that's, I like mm. Rob Schneider a bit better. Yeah. I was just picturing, like, Adam Sandler and, like, Star Platinum makeup as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man. his Jack and Jill. Ma- anyway. Um, maybe maybe the bird from Jack and Jill is the stand, and that's why it's impervious <laughs> to chocolate fountain. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, like, to be honest, you could probably make it... Adam Sandler's stand could be based on any of his movies and you can make something work. Oh, totally. Yeah. I've, you I've know, seen the water boy stand just hydrates you really well. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then in the, uh, and then in the English dub, they change it to water sports cause they don't have the licensing. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Did I have, this actually is a question. This weirdly enough makes me think of this. Have you all talked about the? Um, I think it's a light novel that Araki wrote. That's like a spin-off, like alternate universe thing where all the stands are named after movies instead. Is that George Joestar or is that? I think it is else? George Joestar. Yeah, yeah. It, oh. I was trying to find the name. It's yeah. very weird. You should, if you uh, catch up to the anime, you should like maybe think about checking yeah. it out because it's a trip. If I remember correctly, the, the that novel also has some stuff to do with later parts that haven't been animated i can't remember oh once we're caught up with the end of part five then we have part six which at time of recording is not all there Mm -hmm, and i like conceptually for the show hate the idea of of having a break that that's why we have such a deep backlog so no matter what happens in real life like you're you're going to get the entire part week to week to week which means if we want to maintain that we might have to think of something to go in between the part yep. five and part six episodes. Mm-hmm. And maybe that stuff like George Joe Star and uh, the Fugo spinoff, the uh, uh, Araki's manga in theory and practice, which I think oh. would be really interesting mm-hmm. to read for the show. Yeah, that is very interesting. The, the Araki's theory stuff. Also, I checked George Joe Star does have stuff from part seven. So you might yeah, need to hold that's off. Right. On that's what that. I thought. Yeah. I have heard some stuff about that book, though, and it sounds wild. It's nuts. <laughs> Cars is back in it. Ooh. <laughs> he encounters Voyager, uh, oh. if I remember correctly. He crashes into it or something. There's, yeah, no, there's That's a lot going really on with Cars That's going to really screw up the that. math that done by that one person who, like, every time there, there's, like, a date mentioned or a notable time skip comes in in our YouTube comments to, like, run the, the Cars numbers. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. How how many astronomical units from Earth cars is right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's um, that's something I've always wanted to read. um, Everything I hear about it's just very, very silly in a way that makes me think they should just publish it in English if they haven't already. Have they published that in English? I think there's a fan translation. Yeah, that's where I saw most of the stuff I've seen from it. Yeah, that makes sense. 
What else? Um, what else in part five do we want to go over? I've got a few notes to. I mean, there's stuff. a there's a big thing that just happened, like just under the yeah. wire for our topic mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got we got an odd couple here. We got the perfect double act. Opposites oh. attract so much. They're in the same body. We got oh Dopio. Oh my god! I am just going to. You can't get me started on Dopio because I'm just going to talk about Dopio for literally a full hour. Let's That's going to be Dopio all this for a full hour. Lovely be. little doofus boy. He. He is one of my top three favorite characters in any part of JoJo, the whole enchilada. I I love this dude, and they do him so incredibly well in the anime. He's so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Dapio really kind of strikes this great balance that you see expressed in other places of JoJo, which is kind of the balance of the tragic and the comedic, you know, but also mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like the dramatic with the comedic, having all of this weird sort of slapstick stuff but then also having him bulge out and go hulk muscles on a guy (laughs) you know because he's got he's got the friggin boss inside of him it's it's really incredible the way that they do his stuff in the anime the way they stylize all of his like transformations that he does and all of his moments where like you see the boss's eye on one side of his face and his eye on the other side oh it's it's so cool the eye stuff is really great and like visually very iconic and i also love the times where it's not just that oh one eye has changed the other there's like that bit where he hulks out and his eyes are just a black void and then it looks like the boss's eyes get like pushed forward so that they slot in yeah (laughs) i love that shit it's so cool. The I, one thing I've always loved about this anime adaptation is how much care they take with the source material in terms of putting a little bit of flair on it, you know? And <laughs> this this stuff is them really leaning into that in terms of making this look as cool as possible. I don't um I don't really remember a lot of this from the manga because it's been a long time since I've read it, but his his bit Oh my god, his bit in just this last episode, like he, he, we haven't even really seen him do much of anything yet because there's, um, there's gonna be, you know, no spoilers, there's gonna be a pretty cool set of episodes with him coming up, um, Mm -hmm. after y'all, after y'all record this one. And I really like that one as well. But just his, just his personality and the way the dub actor conveys his sort of dorky, like nice guy, like oh, I'm <laughs> I'm naive and I'm I'm sweet and I'm cool, you know. And then the balance you get of that and the guy who plays the boss is is fantastic. Like I literally have nothing but good things to say about Tommy. <laughs> Over the course of this, like, middle section of the part, it has become clear that that the best fights in part five have uh, uh, someone for the villain to talk to, like the, the train fight, Squalo and Tiziano, mm-hmm. or in, in some cases, the villain's just not there at all. Thank you, Carne. You you died and left us with not having to worry about you. But, <laughs> but, but Dopio is a double act in one guy. <laughs> You, yeah. you are always going to have that that uh, uh, I don't know dynamic uh, mm-hmm. uh, in one little package. He's he's a combo pack. He's there's two boys in that boy. It yeah, keeps happening. two for one. There's two in there, and they're both fantastic <laughs> characters. They yeah. they knock they knocked him out of the park. I think um, one of my big kind of uh, problems with five is that it kind of struggles with some of the same things that Stardust Crusaders does in terms of pacing where they really take a long time to show the boss in his, like, full ability and what he can really do, you know? 
Mm-hmm. But I think here it's nice because they dole so much of it out beforehand so that you're kind of aware of the threat that he poses. Whereas in Stardust Crusaders, it's like, okay, you know who Dio is. Like, you read Phantom Blood. You're not going to see him until, like, the very end of this arc, right? And yeah. I think them metering it out a bit more in, in Golden Wind is really, really cool. And I think putting them like together with such a fun characterization is even better you know it's it's a mm-hmm. fun like take on the dio thing because dio's whole thing was like they don't know what dio's stand ability is and in this it's like no they know what it is they just don't know how to beat it mm-hmm. um yeah and i think that's really fun do you think the boss and and dopio are some sort of mirror to bruno and giorno's relationship in any way that's interesting. I'd never considered mm. that, but but I could definitely see it where um you take this kind of commanding guy, you know, and you kind of take that to the logical extreme. The only person he can trust is himself, so he literally just invents a new personality. Um I think it's really um, <laughs> making up a guy nobody can get mad at. <laughs> yeah. I, you couldn't you couldn't get mad at him. There's there's nothing you can get mad about. He's he's perfect. He's ideal. He is the platonic ideal of of a uh, of just a dude, you know. Shout out to Trisha's mom for being able to recognize this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also for listen, giving birth in a prison. Yeah, gosh, I'd forgotten about all that. It's very so. Like, what's the deal with that? Well, I mean, what? that was Trisha's mother-in-law giving birth in a prison. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? oh, it was right. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I got it mixed up. Yeah, no, I believe that it's implied that the boss is like an immaculate conception or something. Yeah. she said the dad died <laughs> two years ago. And then I was like, hold on a minute. I mean... That look, doesn't let up. I don't know. I mean, look at Dapio. He's a real angel. You know, he could be He could be <laughs> an immaculate conception. There's all sorts of, like, fun theories. And I don't want to talk about them too much because I don't know if it would spoil anything for the later part of this episode. But there's a whole lot of really fun theories about the dynamic between Dapio and the boss that are really neat mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. about like the dynamics of their, of their personality and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's really cool, but I don't want to spoil anything else about this part. So <laughs> I guess, I guess I'll just have to circle back in a few months and see what you'll think. The existence of Dopio though is so like, it's, it's a real like tragic dramatic irony for for poor trish right because she she's on this quest to get her family medical history because you know it, it's good to have one of those you know it's important in, in case mm-hmm. something comes up but she believes she knows for for sure that that her father is a stone-cold monstrous killer but what if she finds that her father is also this sweet angel boy who just wants to make <laughs> sure that bugs don't get hurt Oh, he just he's he's friends to the little critters and i love that about him <laughs> i think he has to be friends to the critters because any one of them could be a phone at any moment yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah yeah we get some fun stuff with the phones coming up they do going s- around putting otter boxes on the frogs that he finds <laughs> in a break then Jorno comes around turns it into an otter like this is useless what are you doing <laughs> god imagine imagine a fight where Giorno prevents the boss from communicating with Dopio because Ooh. anytime Dopio picks up something to talk into it into a phone as a phone, he turns it into something else and it's no longer a phone to him. Oh my god. This, this phone <laughs> bit me. It's injecting its venom. It's phone venom. Yeah. 
Don't worry, if it dies, it'll give you its anti-venom. Phone venom is only poisonous to other phones. That's how it works. I think when I read through Golden Wind the first time, I missed something. And I didn't really... A lot of people think that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... Listen, for a long time, it didn't have a great translation. You know, I read through it really, really quickly. But at first, I didn't realize that they were literally two personalities in the same body. I thought that the boss was literally, like, phoning Dapio from somewhere, and Dapio was, like, picking it up on stuff. And I was like, oh, no, I just read this completely wrong. This is this is way more interesting. This is another part of the... Um, it's, a, it's, it's the King Crimson reference, right? Because there's a King Crimson, and then, you know, uh, Dapio and the boss, it's the 21st century schizoid man. Like, that's, uh, that's I'm assuming, mm-hmm. kind of what the intention was. Yeah. Oh. That, I ne- that never clicked for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always what I thought he was going for with it, because there's going to be more King Crimson references coming up mm-hmm. soon that I won't spoil, but... Um, he gets he gets a lot of good cuts from that album in here. Everybody do your prog rock homework. Everybody you <laughs> gotta mm-hmm. listen. When you go on the Viz Media app and you tell them you wanna buy the newest JoJo Arc Treat or whatever, they immediately send you like a twenty dollar off coupon for a Steely Dan record. Like that's just I how wish it they did. <laughs> I wish they did. That that would be so nice if they did. I wish they would, yeah. Yeah, what's everyone's favorite prog bands? I'm going to go with a really uh, entry-level answer and say King Crimson, but I really do enjoy them. I'm aware of a lot of prog rock, but I just haven't, like, I'm bad at just listening to albums. Mm-hmm. I, I do a lot of video editing, so I can't listen to stuff a lot of the time mm-hmm. when I'm working. Sure. I think but... all these progressive musicians are what's ruining America. <laughs> oh my god. God damn it. <laughs> mm, Steely Dan's woke agenda. Stands for progesterone, Ra. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I like the Mars Volta, anyway. <laughs> you you mentioned, as has been mentioned several times in the run, the, the less than stellar original translation of, mm-hmm. of part five and a listener got in touch with me uh, uh, after episode 61 posted so six weeks ago with some examples and this is the first time I've had a chance to, to bring them up so thank you to uh, Daxing Dan for not only giving me this this paragraph but also like some pictures like in this case where the landmarks of Venice are uh, uh, for some reason labeled with landmarks from Austria. Huh. Uh-huh. The, the city of Vienna, Austria. <laughs> oh my god. Interesting. Strange, inexplicable changes like uh, Giacchio's rant about how, you know, Italian cities should be pronounced in the, with their Italian names instead just being a rant about how everyone ought to speak French, dang it. Speak French. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. I, you know, in hindsight, I guess I really didn't realize how bad that translation was. <laughs> it's quite poor. Yeah, I um, I think I they think... put the Danube River in Venice. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Danube. Uh, yeah. So I I read that. And I think I read the the Dwayne translation of Part Four as well. Oh wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I had a very different experience. Like I remember reading it. And going through it and being like, there has to be a better translation of this somewhere, right? Like, there has to be something that is not as bad as this. 
And so I think I tapped out of it shortly after um, Choo Choo, There Is No Place, uh, This Feels Like a Picnic or whatever. But I, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely slogged through a little bit of that. And God bless him. It's, uh, it's a classic for a reason. Uh, Daxing Dan wrote, quote, uh, the Japanese word kakugo, which is supposed to mean resolve or determination, is mistranslated variously as conscience, consciousness, and oh conscious. Oh, these no. three words are used interchangeably because the translation team thought these words mean the same thing. They do not. And that conscious is a noun. It is not. Mm. Yeah, I, I much prefer determination. I, wow, I butchered that, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm a quarter Italian. I'm alone. <laughs> that completely changes that entire fight with, yeah. like, White Ice. That would make that so much worse. I, mm-hmm, I've i always mm-hmm. wanted to, like, go and actually, like, visit that old translation just to see how it explains the the reveal of King Crimson's ability. Not well. Like, yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. That's, that's what I've always heard. And it's, like, you know, it's been... Like an in joke in the JoJo, like a meme in the JoJo community for years, that King Crimson is not easy to explain or understand. And like watching the anime, especially with the dub, it's not that bad. Like it's no, yeah, it's pretty yeah. wild. But like you, you get you get it. They illustrate it very well visually. Click, yeah, we got it. Yeah, yeah, click. click. <laughs> so it, it's got to be a real mess when it's not you know translated properly. Yeah. yeah. Just too many moving parts to um, be imprecise with, with making getting across what that does. Because, like, when it's done well, you're right, it's pretty straightforward. But then when mm. it's any, there's any confusion, it just becomes a complete mess. I, like, had friends who were into JoJo for, like, ages before, like, the most current, like, anime adaptation started. Mm. And being like, yeah, I just figured out what King Crimson did <laughs> from the anime. <laughs> He wears fishnets and has a tiny face on his forehead. What else do you need, you know? Mm-hmm. Not much, honestly. Yeah, I guess not, huh? He always looks angry. King Crimson, I think, is probably the angriest stand. I, I struggle to think of a stand we've seen that consistently looks more pissed off in the way that yeah. King Crimson tends to. I know what I'm doing for Halloween. Yeah? <laughs> Paint yourself red. Get out there. <laughs> I've already got the second face on my face. I'm covered. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think I don't do webcam stuff? Come on. Nah, I love I love King Crimson. He's one of my favorite stand designs in the whole series. My um, I think my all time favorite stand is is Killer Queen, just because it looks cool as hell and also has an incredible ability that is used <laughs> really well. Yeah. But King Crimson's design is just next level. He looks like a Cirque du Soleil freak, which I really enjoy. <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna like drive a wedge in our friendship, Morgan, but I do think Killer uh, no bleh, I do think King Crimson is better than Killer Crimson. I mean that's I think King fine. Crimson's a lot cooler. I think King Crimson's a second a good second choice, and I think the um I also really like the stand from the villain stand from part seven, which I won't spoil. I, I think that villain stands just kind of get better as time goes on. I don't know what part eight I haven't finished part eight, so I don't know. Listen. But I, I I kind of just feel like it just gets better and better, which is like fun. I feel like Araki has just been very good at escalation. Mm-hmm. That is true, but also I could not tell you what. Well, I know I could tell you one thing the stand does in part six, but as for the rest of it, 
it's I I have no idea. I could not explain. Listen, I we be nice to be nice to the men with the podcast. We they gotta wait on this. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, I can't be too tempting about uh forbidden stand lore. The, the good news is that King Crimson and Killer Queen are married. That's why they're named. Good, that. good. Oh, hey. stand I'm, married against the monarchy, but still good for them. <laughs> I have um, somewhere one of the only pieces of JoJo merchandise I ever bought in college. I got a Killer Queen action statue, right? One of those figures they make, but it was a bootleg. And so mm. it got here. And the. Like, it's just giving couple... two middle fingers when, when it crosses its wrists like that. Honestly, it might as well have, because um, <laughs> what it was was like some of the joints were really wonky, and I think it was missing one of the pieces for the uh, stray cat that goes in his chest, but. The main thing was that one of his eyes just didn't have eyeliner on it. And I was like, damn, he had to rush out the door this morning. He couldn't even finish his fucking makeup. I've been there. Yeah, it's very funny. But um, I don't know. I can't get too into collecting anime figurines because, number one, it would bankrupt me. But number two, I would have people come over and I'd have about 8,000 figures of just like the gayest looking men imaginable in my house. Hey, Sylvie, you want to mm-hmm. talk about anime figurines? I don't want to. What are you talking <laughs> I, it's a, first of all, it's a statue, not a figure. Um, <laughs> second of all, I've never heard. I've never heard of um, Nitro plus Chiral or the video game Dramatical Murder. It's fine. <laughs> Anybody who's finding like discovering me for the oh, first time on God, this is yeah. like, who's this Fujo weirdo? <laughs> yeah, I always assume that everybody who listens to our podcast already knows who we are, but this is one that people actually listen to, so it's going to be an interesting experience. <laughs> I'm also not qualified to talk shit about sexy anime figurines because I have a giant big titty leather face statue right above my Whoa. desktop monitor. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Oh, yeah. the run I see on Twitter every once in a while where it's just, yeah. they, they just take every single horror slasher monster. Yeah, the yeah. Bishouji horror. I'm always really mad I didn't get the one from Ash from Evil Dead because that one is like very breasting boobily but also covered in blood and has a chainsaw arm and I'm like, fuck, dude, I would... <laughs> I would not pay aftermarket prices for this, but I would pay more than list price. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I I don't know. I should just bite the bullet. I already have one, obviously, statue that's like a a nude cat in gladiator armor, so I may as well just fill out the rest of the collection. You never really think about what the stands look like until people put it into context. I know. I know. (laughs) I've I've been into JoJo since, like... 2015 i think and so at this point i'm i'm kind of just used to it i guess but the minute you take a step back it's like yeah this is like this is really something huh imagine having a statue of pesci in your house and someone comes (laughs) in and asks you who that is (laughs) that's a that's a pokemon that's what that is that's a pokemon imagine having a statue of carne like oh imagine having a statue dude, okay of hold now hold on stop stop the stop the train right there it is there merch of carnate from jojo is mm. there merch of carnate from jojo give me a yes or no right now because i'm, I'm gonna look looking. it up let's see yeah there is yeah yep oh fuck me mm-hmm. i literally oh, man look at this little fella we got I like a little like, stubby God, guy look at this <sighs> God. He looks like Ryuk from Death Note in this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm. are we sure Karne's not a Shinigami? Is that how his thing works? Honestly, he may as well be. He may as he may as well be. I was looking for Dapio merch earlier today, and literally the only two things 
that you can buy officially that have Dapio on them that aren't like a trading card or one of those like just little tiny things like that is you can buy one of those Jojo figure pins they make. Um, like there's the one with Rohan where he's standing on the pillar and it's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, it's a little pin. Or you can buy this. You can buy the, um, yeah, you can buy the Dapio pin. <laughs> <laughs> is that a pencil case no it's one of those like um it's just a little tiny stackable plush of dapio and like that's oh, it those are the what? only two pieces of merchandise for him no statues no figures why? no why plushes. He yeah i don't know why he's sad because i feel like dopio would like to be like this he was trying <laughs> to catch a butterfly and it got away from him and so he's mm, he's a little upset about this yeah. he's being accosted by a fortune teller yeah you know he hates that shit you know he hates that shit <laughs> that's one of my favorite things like when we're meeting dopio like what was mm-hmm. he about he's a he might be kind of a lovable doofus but he's not gullible no, like he's yeah. he knows he's getting cold red, and he doesn't have time for this shit. He's he's gonna keep going on his way. Okay, to like some have some synergy with one of your other podcasts, Grant. There's a little bit of like comic Jughead with Dopio. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's like a little <laughs> bit of that vibe going on at times, specifically when he's like, "You, of course, you know I'm from here, or you you think I'm a tourist, or something along those lines." When he's like trying to walk away from the guy, I'm like, "You could edit this to be to make it look like this is a panel of a Jughead comic," yes. and I believe you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want this little figure of Carnate now. <laughs> it's really cute, honestly. There's like I don't know. He's got a charm to him. He's like a little yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah. It's the same way that like pugs are cute, you know. <laughs> While we're on Kaine, I do want to mention something that happened in these episodes that's sort of like one of my favorite little JoJo things is when a stand becomes like a folkloric thing. I think part four mm-hmm. does it a lot more yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. with like the Angelo stone is like kind of the first and most prominent example of it. Mm-hmm. Boing, boing, rock, etc. Yeah, boing, fuck, yeah. how could I forget boing, boing, rock? Classic. <laughs> But, like, the the story about Notorious B.I.G. becoming this, like, sea monster is so good. I like the weird stands that they can't necessarily, like, just straight up beat. And the, I think uh, B.I.G. is one of the better ones in the series because mm-hmm. it just is... They didn't really win. They had to, like, mm-hmm. crash their plane to do this. They just got away and even from then, it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. This is the first stand that was just straight up, like, unkillable. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's the there's the Killer Queen bomb, right? But, like, you can kill Killer Queen, right? Because Assuming. it is a stand user. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think so. I think it is, right? Aside from yeah. Cars, but, I mean, Cars isn't a stand, you know? He just he just flew off into space. <laughs> what a yeah. twist that would be if it turned out <laughs> if Cars was his own stand. That's... His stand is called Four Kids. <laughs> 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 hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh no i i like the um i like the 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 stand notorious big i really enjoyed y'all's conversation in stardust crusaders about how a lot of the interactions in that series are based on movies like a lot of the stand fights um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know there's there's like the the killer doll there's the there's the nightmare on elm street like dream world and that kind of stuff and this mm-hmm. one i really liked because 
the design of um of Notorious B.I.G. gets really into that kind of Akira body horror stuff that you don't see a lot yeah, of in JoJo. Yeah. It gets yeah. into that like John Carpenter's the thing, like weird muscular meaty creature that like grows and webs and transforms and you know has all this goop coming out of it and that kind of stuff which is something i always love right i just went to all, go the, all see, that good uh, skittering a good skittering is great. i love a, i love <laughs> yeah. a good skitter i love like a good like wet evil thing i just i just saw uh, david cronenberg's <laughs> crimes of the future which really uh really delivered in spades on that front fantastic so was... article on that by the way oh thank you that's very kind yeah i i simply love to see a movie where some weird things happen and that was a movie that had a big <laughs> bed that was like half testicle half insect so you know you know i really got into it uh, uh. Hi, yeah highly recommended but no i really love um the notorious <laughs> big i really love um the Grateful Dead stuff with like the the aging people sort of like um sort of like a kind of a resonant thing with Inya's stand or Inyaba's stand from Stardust Crusaders mm -hmm. with like the town oh, yeah. of zombies, you know. I, I felt a lot of that same kind of vibe from it. Oh, I didn't talk about Naranchik getting old and fucked up and how awful that was. <laughs> that was fucked. That was fucked up. I have you to You just say. reminded me of that. Yeah, I like also there's sort of a like Twilight Zone vibe to the um, stuff on the plane, especially when they think they've beaten it already and Trish. Like they basically do the, the there's a man on the wing of the plane, mm. except it's <laughs> there's jello on the wing of the plane. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I also love that Misto was like, oh, this must be a prank from Giorno to make me look at some weird bones and meat in the fridge. What a funny prank, Giorno. Good prank, man. Great prank. <laughs> yeah, the, the prank content on their TikTok did not take off. No. <laughs> well, it got taken down for, you know, violating a whole bunch of... T yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. The most reported TikTok in history. Yeah. <laughs> Joining the mafioso prank gone wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Something that I think um, would be good for the show is that if they got Tony Sirico, who played Polly Walnuts from The Sopranos, to voice one of the members of the crew. <laughs> um, Which one? I was thinking about this a lot, and I think I th uh, I'm torn. Okay. You know, part of me is like, uh, it would be really funny yo. if that voice came out of Narancia. But, but also, that's just because he's my favorite, and I always want to say Narancha for this. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think it would be Abakio. Abakio, okay. Because <laughs> he complains a lot. He does, I also yeah. think it would be a fun take on Abakio doing the bit when they're like, he's just a civilian. And then he. Do I have the order that mixed up? Does he kick him before he's like, wait, this guy's just a civilian? Uh, yeah, he does. Yeah, he doesn't realize he's a civilian until afterwards. But that's then he does force feed him as a poison test after knowing he's just a regular guy. <laughs> true. Yeah. True. Yeah. I, one of the scenes where I get endeared to Abakio, there's not many of them, but that was one of them. I like his outfit. I think he looks cool. I like the. Oh, big, yeah, he looks great. The big A belt buckle he has. Ever, like, listen, there's a lot of good looks in this show. Shout out to Dopio's titty window. Yes, <laughs> oh my god. His diagonal titty window, really getting sort of avant-garde with the shapes. I'm a big fan. It's inspired. Um, I need to cosplay Dopio at some point. I think that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think it'd be fun. No, I don't disagree. Yeah. I, I just try and incorporate the, <laughs> trying to look like a JoJo character into my daily, daily life. <laughs> life. Yeah, totally. No, I get it. I totally get it. I just think, like, 
I've always wanted to do cosplay, you know, and I feel like JoJo would be a fun one to get into. <laughs> I mean, it'd be... It'd be hard to as well. There's would. a lot yeah. of stuff you'd have to yeah, make. Yeah, like, you'd really have to, like, unless you were just doing a Koichi cosplay and had to spike your hair and get a school uniform, there's... But then you'd have to be three feet tall. I would have to be three you'd feet have to, tall. You'd have, to be, you'd have to be knee-high to a frog yeah. if you want to be Koichi. <laughs> Listen, the estrogen does a lot. I don't think it makes me three feet tall. I think I have to go on <laughs> progesterone for that. Yeah, that those are a very apocryphal rumors online yeah 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 yeah. but no i i love the style of jojo i love the like look of it it's something that i has always been from like day one what really got me into this series and i think part five is where araki really starts going kind of wild with it in terms of the fashion oh, yeah yeah, I, yeah. It's like four and five both definitely feel like they settle into what everybody thinks of as like jojo style mm-hmm. no. i sorry the 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 TikTok mm-hmm. the gang having a TikTok thing is just really <laughs> sucking my head. I love that we're still on this. Hell yeah, and, let's and, go. No, I'm thinking about it a lot too. Yeah. You know, uh, please. I'm just imagining. You know, they want to go go viral and and trending and mm-hmm. shit. So they're they're gonna make their own like TikTok challenges, but it's just all like show show your d- determinazione, and it's just all chopping their own arms off or shooting themselves <laughs> with their own guns. <laughs> You know what? Like, it must have been so liberating when Araki realized he came up with a power that lets, like, dismemberment be okay. It's so yeah, much fun. Yeah. I love I'm seeing the sure stuff he does nine, I think I counted nine hands get cut off. <laughs> it's a lot. There's yeah. some, like, not even counting um, what Sticky Fingers does, too. Yeah, yeah. Like... There's so much going on. I th- he like he got like a taste of it with Josuke and was like, "No, I I can do more. We can I can make my main character even more of a healer." Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, his power can do anything whenever he wants, and I love it. It's like, oh yeah, this this ladybug is a tracking device. Is kind of one of my more favorite instances of it in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, he can just tell where it is. It, it's that very like particular sort of writing in the moment for the moment, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, how how uh, uh, on two different parts of uh, uh, a stand fight, that stand will have different abilities. Jo- <laughs> uh, Giorno's dad does not matter at all as soon as Koichi is out of town. We're done with yep. that. We're past yep. it. Moving on. Yep. He just has the framed 8x5 of him in his wallet, which is autographed <laughs> for some reason. I think about that a lot. I think about the little autographed Dio headshot that Giorno has. Like, did his mom not have anything but the, like, Sears photo shoot that they did together? Did, 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 Dio just leaves those on the, like, his pillow in the morning for people to find when he's gone. Yeah. eBay's been up for, like, six years or so by the time this starts. Like, he's <laughs> he's set. He's got a signed Dio picture? God damn. Yeah. What, what if what if Giorno's mom was like a talent agent and Dio, oh. when he first came out of the water, briefly entertained just going into show business? See, I love that. That's the kind of that's the kind of like fan fiction and headcanon stuff that really resonates with me is like, what are these villains doing when they're not being villains Dio. to these people? Right. So what, if he flips the headshot over, it's just Dio's CV. Like what? Yeah, it's got it's got yeah. like a number goes back to the palace. The Crusaders really just should have gotten in touch with this talent agency. They would have found them immediately. You know. Now, see yeah. when when Dio first you know came back out of the water, he wasn't immediately thinking of taking over the world as a vampire again. First, he just wanted to see if he could make it in Hollywood, and it didn't work out. So he went back to Plan A. He could only do night shoots. It really yeah. limited his options. Yeah. Oh, well, it was weird that the Crusaders couldn't find him after his three-episode arc on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 
McEat Me. Huh? Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I got it. The, the, I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what were you saying about the TikTok thing? <laughs> the thing sorry, that's sorry, it, I got I got dealt psychic damage. No, there it's all by no, Grey's Anatomy. It's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I didn't know anything about Grey's Anatomy, so that went completely over my head. I um, I I was going to say that the reason I thought about the TikTok thing in the first place was during the Clash and Talking Head episode. Whenever it would show um Tizione and Squalo, they reminded me of the Da Vinci twins. And I was like, I was like, oh, these two dudes are like boyfriends that have a TikTok that they show up and like talk about the the Mona Lisa on or whatever. They mm. they do like fashion TikToks oh or something because they're just these two dudes, right? I feel like <laughs> I feel well, I feel like with the exception of Carne, obviously, you get a lot of characterization of the villains like before and during when the fights start, yeah. but. Aside from Tiziano and Squalo just constantly doing public dis- displays of affection and being literally two inches from each other at all times, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. don't you don't really get a whole lot about them until Narancia starts wrecking their shit, right? Like they're just kind of they're like contractors to the hit squad. They're they're gig economy yeah. hit squad members who are just there <laughs> to do this and go home. Aren't they like the the boss's bodyguards? Wasn't that the thing? Yes, like yes. they're part of his yeah, bodyguard yeah. crew. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the episode I where did... they find the guy sliced up into pieces, right? Where where they get mailed the like Hannibal body. Yeah, I don't think they're thing. there for that. They aren't. Okay. I don't. Th- yeah, they're not part of that. They're yeah, they're, that's the that's hitman the... squad. That's like yeah. traitors to the boss. Oh which... yeah. Gosh. No. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. There's a really good piece of fan art somewhere of um of Dapio being like on the phone with the boss like over the body holding a hacksaw and he's like you want me to slice him what way and then he's on the <laughs> phone like I don't know I'll have to see if I can dig it up but it's very funny I um I think about that a lot I think about like the logistics of that does he does the boss have like a plastic manufacturing factory did he have to send it to like a taxidermy thing what's the what's the deal with all that I mean, I, it's uh, Mr. Uh, Pericolo's hobby. Oh! Yeah, mm-hmm. just had him do it. I was picturing Tiziano and Squalo doing one of those. Here's my day as the bosses, the boss of Passione's bodyguard TikToks, where they just go through what a day is like for them, and it's the most annoying influencer shit in the world. Welcome to the Assassination that, Squad that off, house. Yeah. They're doing, like, tours and... <laughs> the worst hype house in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's got Malone there. It's immediately the bad, worst hype house bad, in the bad, world. Bad. Malone yeah, is bad. like, I know we just completely skipped over it um, for good reason, but like the whole Malone and Babyface thing is is the Stephen A. Smith butt of Golden Wind <laughs> to me, right? It's like, now you know I love Golden Wind. I love Abaccio. I love Giorno. I love Bruno. But... <laughs> but Iraqi needs to go to fucking jail for that. I I fucking hate it. Um, it, yeah. it it's like it's it's far and above the worst part of Golden Wind to me. And um, yeah, under no circumstances do you have to hand it to Malone. But I do like his outfit, so <laughs> take it that way. You will. I wish his character design got used for somebody who didn't suck. Exactly. Uh, exactly. R- his, like his... um like Alessi in Stardust Crusaders. Yeah. Yeah. Like Malone's whole power reader visor thingy he wears is great i love it cool oh god yeah i had some other notes i think on the villains of this part let me check really quick i i um 
while you do that, would it be a safe space for me to say that I kind of, aside from the obviously bad shit in that episode, I kind of like the Babyface fight? <laughs> I oh, like yeah. the fight, <sighs> yeah. I like what Babyface does. I think it's cool. The, like, I guess it, this is my, it's a Frankenstein's monster situation, because I don't know how to refer to the actual thing that he fights, the journal fights, because I don't know if Babyface, yeah. that's actually Babyface. But the like weird cube thing it does, the, mm-hmm. it's like the parts where um, Malone is like explaining to it, like, this is a lion. This is an elephant. Like that bit I did like. And then I'm remembering the context for it all. Yeah. Just yeah. being really annoyed yeah. about it. A stand you have to train and a stand you have to text are both really fun ideas. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just with the worst window dressing. Who do you think is in the stand group chat? I I know um I know, <laughs> you know at the not end... a lot of them are very talkative. Exactly, so, uh, exactly, right? Because we know Spice Girl definitely. She yeah. all... they always we... be oh, yeah. on their phone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all bisexual women know is eat hot chip and make things uh, incredibly rubbery and soft. <laughs> I forgot that was her power. I I like it's been so long since I've watched this because I watched it when it was coming out and I read the manga. Mm-hmm. Um I was like rewatching it and I was like what does what does Spice Girls do again? Like, I how are they gonna get well, out of this fix? And then it's like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> all right. The thing is, too, you can't really figure out what Spice Girl is gonna do through context no. because um, when they hint at Trisha's stand, they show a big dinosaur claw, <laughs> and then that has <laughs> nothing to do with it. Speaking of Iraqi writing in the moment, um, yeah, that's a good one. Trish, why have we have y'all had? A discussion about Trish having a math dress and a Spice Girl also having a math theme. Yeah, it's called fashion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, excuse me. (laughs) Her Venetian blind as a skirt is so good. That is very good. Or like wind chimes. What what are those? I don't know, but I like them. I love how Araki designs women. I just wish he wrote them better. (laughs) Yeah. My question is... The first time Trish shows a hint of having a stand in it, she leaves a giant dinosaur footprint in the ground. <laughs> what was his original plan for her stand to be? Just a big dinosaur she rides? I hope. I really hope. That would like, be that would be, Yeah. Because they also, like, hinted at, like, well, maybe her stand ability has, like, a, a, like, a hint at defeating the boss. And it's like, yeah. does it? Because then if it would just be like, oh, yeah, we're going to use this big T-Rex to eat the boss. That's the, <laughs> that that's the hint ass. we got. That would have picked ass. Yeah. It would have been very funny to have, like, the thing that can defeat the boss's stand be the the most simple stand power ever, which is, it's a dinosaur and it will bite you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Incredible. It's a dinosaur that ignores frozen time. They're, I'm just saying T-Rex go. is a band. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fits the name in convention. And one that is very tied to like all of the like Iraqi's favorite scenes to draw band names from like oh yeah absolutely to, to the point that why why hasn't there been a stand named t-rex yet wait wait a minute hmm i was i just searched t-rex jojo and it turns out that jojo siwa was on the masked singer as a t-rex so i'm not gonna be able to find any answers to this question <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> I don't know. I love the stands that are like animals or reptiles and that kind of stuff. Like, uh, I, I know it's just a big bug, but I really like the bug at the beginning of Stardust Crusaders that writes Massacre <laughs> on the wall. 
Um, oh, yeah, with tongues. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Rocky loves writing stuff on the walls of planes. He does. Mm-hmm. Is that from something? Is that is that like a no, reference to a movie? it's just fun. It is fun. I mean, I'm not knocking it, you know, but <laughs> he has. Yeah. He certainly has different things that he obsesses over, and, like, the movie references are definitely one of them. I watched... Um, oh, yeah. I had seen... The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly before, but I recently watched uh, A Fistful of Dollars for the first time, and it was like, damn, he really did just take this character and make him Jotaro. Like, yeah. it, like yeah, this yeah, is yeah. just a one-for-one. One. It's so much fun. It's so funny. I don't know how many explicit movie references there are in Part 5, right? I mean, there's there's the Death in Venice stuff, but I think he's talking about the book, not the movie adaptation. Mm-hmm. And I think the rest of it is just kind of fill in the blank stuff like with Stardust Crusaders was where it's like, oh, you know, they're on a plane or, oh, they're, you know, there's like this big kind of Akira blob thing or, oh, there's this and that. But as far as I can tell, there's not really a lot of that kind of stuff in this part. There's no, yeah, not really, no Godfather references, no Sopranos references, you know. Don Corleone was in part three, though. <laughs> he was. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he didn't want to go back to the wow Mm -hmm. marlon brando was definitely a stand user i I think um i think that's it was the guy who held the cue cards with his lines on it (laughs) uh what else do we want to talk about anything we want to go over i i i talked a bit about all the freaks in this the the (laughs) we talked a bit about the dub i noticed the line um grant i think you posted this on twitter but this meatloaf from hell has a need for speed which is just yep. incredible, just absolutely mm-hmm. astounding. And to say that as a way of explaining your plan, which involves cutting your friend's arm off. <laughs> it's nasty. The the Notorious B.I.G. stuff is nasty. Like, Giorno's slicing his arm off on a, on a window pane, the gross oh. meat, the, the fingers, yep. the, the ladybug turning back into the hand. It's very, it's very, very gross in a way that I always like seeing in JoJo because Araki doesn't do that kind of stuff often. But when he does, it's always very gnarly in a very fun way. I would love to, when we reach the end of part five, I would love to go back and see how many limbs were lost in total across the entire main crew. Oof, oof. Okay, we're, we're not counting villains or, uh, or anybody else. Okay. Yeah, we're just, we're just counting people who were fine at the end because they had their, you know, George just replaced their shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like, we're, we're definitely many... topping the Star Wars movies, and that's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> like, somebody's on their third hand by now, I think. Jorno was... has to be, right? Because... Uh, yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, all I remember from these episodes, there's... Trish, and she gets her zipped back on by Bruno during the King mm-hmm. Crimson stuff. Uh, same for Abakio. Yeah, Abakio yep. loses one. Giorno loses both of his. I feel I felt like Giorno lost another one at some point, right? During the, the, uh, during the baby the, face fight. The baby face fight. Baby face. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it keeps turning into a fish and back from a fish. Back, I, yeah. I don't remember. Uh. <laughs> I really like all the uh, fish imagery in these episodes, like the shark and the um that kind of stuff it's very fun there's a lot of evil fish a lot of evil fish um you mentioning that made me realize we didn't talk about narantia doing liar liar but like opposite Mm -hmm. and that's great (laughs) that's so good i think it's one of the weirdest things ever when his tongue (laughs) comes out to turn the the sink on that's so fucked yeah that's that's (laughs) yeah i don't like it i don't like that at all it's great. Talking Head is such a stupid stand, and I love it. It's very um, silly. 
It's a it's a stand with two distinct powers, which makes it one of the most powerful stands. <laughs> yeah, that's a killer queen level stand right there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god. Uh, I, I think over this stretch, it, it really shows that there is like a tension within the way Passione is built. Because if you're going to make the most powerful mafia, you need the most powerful mafiosi, right? So, so our test turns you into stand users. But that means a lot of your, your people are going to be very strong-willed and very independent. And while that can be very good for you, it means every once in a while the system spits out a, a, a Bruno or a risotto. And like it's not a stable structure at that point. <laughs> like what did the boss yeah. expect to happen, you know, when, when yeah. this is how he's running the organization? If you wanted to play it safe, they, they would all be a bunch of pericolos, but that's not that's not <laughs> what he did. <laughs> No, certainly. Are they ever clear on, like, when the stand stuff gets introduced? Because they do mention that, like, Dopio leaves Sardinia to become the boss, but they don't mention if that is tied to him getting a stand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this is, like, a couple of years ago, this, the stand thing got uh, introduced, and yeah. it's just really blowing up in the boss's face. <laughs> correctly, that actually does get explained later. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Does yeah. it have anything to do with uh, uh, Polpo being uh, inducted as a capo? Because, like, Popo's just giving out stands left and right. Yeah, yeah. Or killing people, uh, I guess, you know, one or the or other. Or being a bad. He's, a, he's also occasionally just being a bad. Um. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he does that because he enjoys it? Like, does he get satisfaction out of that? I or would. does he just do it to be dramatic? Does he get satisfaction from being a bed yeah, or from unfolding well, okay. from a bed? Okay. I think it's okay. the more, like. <laughs> I am asking when the capo uses whatever it is, his, his, his body function. I don't think it's part of his stand powers, right? I think he can just do that. It's like a party trick, you know? Yeah. Does he do the bed thing? And is he like internally like, oh, yes, it's so cool that I can do this. Fuck yes. I love being a bed. <laughs> Or is oh, he just yeah, is, it's bedtime? Yeah, exactly. Or does he just <laughs> so. does he just think to himself like, okay, I have to intimidate somebody. I'm gonna have to do the bed trick, right? The bed trick gets them every time. They'll never see it coming. And, and you don't. He, he, you certainly don't. I have to say, Popo went to prison. He went up to the biggest, toughest guy he could find, and he turned into a bed right in front of him. <laughs> 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 I would be so scared. I would never leave my house again. If I saw someone turn into a bed like that, I would just <laughs> I would just be done. I, there would there would be nothing left for the world to show me. <laughs> my dearest Maria, I saw the most confounding sight this day. <laughs> Even in oh a world God. filled with abilities like being able to turn things to rubber, a person turning into a bed is one of the most messed up things that's ever happened in JoJo. <laughs> number one someone turning into a bed number two narancha using his tongue to turn on the faucet number three everything with pigs and shit in stardust crusaders which i, I fucking hate yeah. every time i go back to stardust crusaders i'm like god damn it i'm gonna have to sit through this again you just gotta do what i do which is never go back to stardust crusaders it's got some good parts look I made it over an hour into this without being mean about part three. I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> the back half of Stardust Crusaders is very good. I just think... I agree. I think Dio's world is pretty the good, The ending too. is so, so good. It is, yeah. I just... The toilet humor, I just can't do it, you know? <laughs> Let me go check in. Really? In a Hirohiko Araki work? Okay, it gets... It, oh, 
listen. These I'm just saying oh, there's a lot of pee and a lot of poo in his in the thing in yeah, the joke. Yeah, but here that he we're writes. not getting like every fucking episode. Narancha isn't getting a pig shoving its face up his ass, right? <laughs> like okay, like the assassin okay. squad. It fit. His ass is so small. His ass is very yeah. small. It's even smaller when he's been small for three episodes straight. <laughs> What was Araki thinking with that? That is like one of the wildest parts of Golden Wind to me is that he starts it off with all these compelling characters and he's like, okay, now what if I slowed it down to have one of them stuck in a bottle fighting a spider for like an hour and a half? What if that was just a huge chunk of our show? Isn't that one of the longer like bit like fights? It's literally three part parts. <laughs> it's literally a three part episode of him fighting this guy while he's small. He just watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and he really had to get it out of his system. Yeah. My Narancia bias has been, you know, well documented. I don't think I can really complain about him getting three episodes of bullshit. Would you like to speak on why Narancia is the member of the group that, re- that really, you know, stands out to you? He's just a, a, a little goblin idiot. Um, I think the, like, the, like, thesis for it is the scene where he's, like, can't figure out what to do, and then dives into the water to swim after them. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, that's yeah. the moment where I'm, like, oh, that little weirdo won my heart forever. Yeah, I think he has a really great character arc through these episodes of coming into his own in a way that we've sort of seen with some of the other characters, but with Narancia... Mm-hmm. You see him really grow just in the span of these first, you know, 26 episodes from being the guy who's almost like the butt of the joke at the beginning to someone who is one of the most competent people on the team. Getting his tape deck fucked up by orange juice and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's also just very impish, and I appreciate that. Um, I think like the him him and Mista as the comedy duo always works for me Mm -hmm. whenever they've got stuff going on. But I just, I, I, I noticed while watching this, like, oh, yeah, a lot of my favorite stuff in part five are the episodes that focus on him or, like, have him as a major part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the yeah. thing about Narancia that I find compelling is that he's surrounded by people who have plans. Narancia mm-hmm. does not have plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Narancia gets backed up against the wall and decides, well, what's the next thing that I can blow up real big? Fuck you. It's yeah. so good. He's just so like impulsive and reactive to everything. I think the the fight with the, I can't remember the name of the shark stand, but that fight really mm-hmm. like accentuates that when when he like shoots the pipe and then also cauterizes his hands on it so Jorna doesn't yeah. come over. Like it clash, by the way. Cla- thank you. Um, I feel like the dub the dub name was like Crash. Very Crash. Yeah, David Cronenberg's just... Crash. Okay. Yeah, and talking right. mouth, not talking heads. Talking mouth is like memorable. Crash is just like a word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, just a cool stand ability. I like his little plane. I think it's it's just yeah. like a fun a, a fun thing to do. The, um, the little runway landing is like mm-hmm. the unique way he puts oh, his stand so away. Good. Where everyone else just kind of their stand just kind of fades away. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like I, th- really I think cool. the best choice of that is that he doesn't do like full extension. It is like a tense flex, like his elbows yeah. jutting out and everything. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I really um, wanted to get y'all's opinion on Araki realizing that Fugo was too powerful and writing him out of the story. <laughs> What's y'all's take yeah. on that? I always read it more as a character choice. Like I, I've. Yeah. had this discussion earlier on the show so I, I don't want to totally repeat myself but like I, I just think Fugo is the guy that didn't 
have it the same as everybody else. Fugo yeah. doesn't have that that same well of determination in the gut, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that that is true, but I also think Araki looked at this and he was like, oh, this stand could kill the boss instantly. I have to get this guy <laughs> out of the story. Yeah. Like, compared to other characters and other JoJo parts that kind of just disappear because Araki realized, like, this isn't working or I'm not interested in this anymore or, or whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Fugo has a pretty good out in the story. Totally, yeah. And I really... It, like, it serves Narancha really well, too, so... Yeah, I would have liked to have seen more exploration of Fugo's character on one hand, but on the other, <laughs> I feel like Araki kind of did everything he needed to do with him to write him out, like you were saying, Grant. Like, like to have him be this character who's very strange and conflicted and has this stand he can't control is really compelling because we haven't seen a lot of characters in this series who have stands they can't really control like he does with yeah, them, yeah, yeah. with Purple Haze. But um, I do think Fugo also had to go because he had the worst fashion taste out of the entire uh, <laughs> squad. Yeah. Just, just absolute yeah. trash, my man. Bruno out here stunting with the big zippers, the cow print. All you did was buy a Joker outfit and cut holes in it. You just Swiss <laughs> cheesed it, my dude. So... Uh, it's like being voted off of Survivor, you know, Italians, <laughs> Italy's next top fashion model. I'm sorry, Fugo, but you have not made the cut. The the breakup of the band, right, is the moment where this part becomes a character drama. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. that that is like the animating genre of, of what's happening right there for the, the only time, really. There, there's always little flecks uh, of it here and there around, but that's where it is like the center stage uh, uh, working in that mode. And it makes me wish that we had like cutaways to what's Fugo up to during this? How is yeah. he integrating? Did he get mm. reassigned to another team? Does he like them? Do they like him? What What's it like to uh, uh, betray your group because you couldn't betray the larger organization right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, is I, he I, trusted? I or do, do people think he's a plant? Yeah, I don't know. There is um, there is a book, isn't there? Purple Haze feedback. Yeah, we talked yep. about it. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I would have liked to have seen a little more of Fugo. I do think the scene where they all make their decision to get on the boat after betraying the boss, and Fugo leaves, and Narancha swims after them, is a fantastic scene. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's one of the, um, I think it's one of the best scenes in the whole like of Golden Wind, to be honest. But I think that. Fugo leaving also lines up very well with, as we said, Iraqi's tendency to lose interest to realize something's not going to work for the story. And mm-hmm, find mm-hmm, a, find mm-hmm. a very like well considered way to like write someone out of the story. You know, I think um, I think he handles it very well here. I'm honestly really glad that someone did leave the group because it does kind of like as much as I'm enjoying everybody's blind devotion to Bruno, it's nice to show that there is that it's not completely unshakable for everybody. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it it introduces like a little bit of tension of like, well, the others end up like not going through with this at some point, and yeah, it's a it's it is probably like standalone scenes in that aren't just like crazy battles like my favorite of the ones we watched mm-hmm. um just because uh, yeah it just kind of gives everybody something like a, a moment to shine and show who they are it's a shame narancha lost his only tutor in the world though <laughs> yeah that boy's never gonna learn how to read <laughs> yeah it's fine he's doing fine <laughs> 
He's going to be like reading C-Spot Run and then uh, uh, Aerosmith drops a bomb on it. Like, fuck it. Book's done. I read the book. You can't prove I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> My book blew up. Hate when that happens. It says there's a monster at the end of that book. I don't want to see the, a monster. What's wrong with you? Don't give me this <laughs> book. Thank God. Stands based on children's <laughs> literature, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. <laughs> The monster at the end of this book. <laughs> That's Notorious B.I.G., the very hungry caterpillar. Yeah. <laughs> Gold experience can make a giving tree if it wanted to. Oh, yeah, it really it could. could. <laughs> yeah. It could. It could, it could, it could. Gold experience was such a cool stand. <laughs> it makes no sense. I love it. Yeah, I really like that. Shout out to all the frogs. I love... um. <laughs> That gold experience and journos seem to have like a cool like posing thing that they do. Uh, mm -hmm, yeah. You know, like they. I always like in the show and the manga when you see users who have like some kind of dynamic or relationship with their stand. I mean, obviously, my favorite one is Kira and Killer Queen because I think they just hang out. You know, I think Kira <laughs> is like is like asking Killer Queen's opinions on like what fashion stuff he's buying and that sort of thing. Um, Which nail polish to get for his girlfriend? Yeah, I'm not sure that Killer Queen can actually speak though. I think he just like gives nods of approval or like thumbs up and yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But um, oh, be very careful with those thumbs up. I know you, you gotta oh, be careful. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd like to think that Kira cooks for Killer Queen. Mm. That he, he makes Killer Queen <laughs> meals, even though. He doesn't really need to eat. Well, neither do his girlfriends, but that doesn't stop him. You know, he's yeah, used to yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, all that extra food's got to go somewhere, you know. I thought Killer Queen would just get wet food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to. Oh, okay. I Kill, don't. Killer, Kira feeds Killer Queen those little, those little tube snacks for cats you just rip the top off uh -huh. and, you know you just squeeze it out like a yeah. yogurt yeah i think killer yeah. queen and kira do yoga together i think um <laughs> i think when kira does his like patrick bateman routine in the mornings i think uh, killer queen is there doing the same thing like putting on eyeliner and you know tightening doing tai chi in the park yeah tightening his gladiator <laughs> sandals and all that so i know what you're thinking if a stand eats does the stand poop what's the situation there that's what the bombs are for it just goes away I was gonna it say. just goes away I was, gonna, I was gonna say he has a big litter box i, I forgot about the, uh, the whole bomb thing <laughs> They should have to take. Uh, they, everyone should have to take care of their stands the way that Mista does. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I agree. It's so funny. I love that they eat. Why do they eat? They like it. I never thought about this before. Now, Star Platinum has lungs. Like we we know that some st yeah. at least some stands have at least some biological processes and mm -hmm. organs. It's great. Imagine getting the stand that has to take a dump. Like, oh great! I, <laughs> now I have to be responsible for the stand. I can't fight. My stand has an upset tummy. Yeah, my stand has IBS. They're being very brave about it. It's just having a very powerful baby is what you're describing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, huh? Superpowered baby. And there was a baby in JoJo. I, I... We all love the JoJo baby, right? <laughs> the invisible one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Does she have a name or is she just... Yeah, she does and I'm, I'm Shizuka. It's Shizuka Joestar, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah, about that? yes. Yeah, that's. And good. I should yep. shout out the Shizuka Joestar Project. I don't know if we've mentioned them on the show. There's a collective mm. of of fan artists who are making a big collaborative manga about the teenage adventures of the the JoJo that never was. Hell yeah, yeah. that kicks ass. I haven't like checked out the actual project yet, but I've seen some stuff from it, and it looks very cool. They came up with really a very like cool design, design for her. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I could talk about just how much I love um, the gang just in general. I really love all the character dynamics. I love the character designs, you know. I keep thinking about the White Eyes fight, the White Album fight. That that mm-hmm. that yeah. That's so messed up. The part where <laughs> the part where it's like literally ten seconds into the fight and and uh, Mista is already frozen to the car window. Like, all right, man. <laughs> I love it because it's like he wasn't close to the car window no. in the last shot, no. if I'm remembering right. And then all of a sudden, he's like, his cheek is right up against it. It's like Mista, yep. what are you doing? Shorno hit a pothole on the road, and he bumped into the window and got stuck there, like a like a fucking fly caught on sticky paper. I um I wrote down a note that says Bruno Bucarati's home for troubled boys, which I think was during the um I think was during the flashback where he's like uh, picking up Mista from like the prison or something mm-hmm. um right before they finish the White Album fight because that's really what oh, he's doing. Yeah. He's just going around like collecting all these guys and like, hey, you want to be in my gang? Uh, doing some doing some on the ground recruiting for all that. He is a bit of a Fagan character now that you mention it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Fagin was Fagin evil? Was he a good guy? I think or a little bit. I don't know. Immoral for sure. <laughs> okay, well I'm fine with that. I have no problems with that. <laughs> uh, all I remember about Oliver and Company is what I remember from the Disney okay, adaptation. I'm about Oliver Twist. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Wait, I, know. Hold on. I know it's Oliver Twist. My mind just said Oliver and Company, which is it is Oliver Twist though, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I, I will accept the the mid seventies musical spectacular Oliver exclamation point. But come on now. You think Oliver and Company is pushing it just a little bit? I see. <sighs> furry discrimination. Furry discrimination. on dogs must die. I'm I'm raising the alarm. I'm making a call out post. What the name of the podcast didn't give it away? Yeah, I guess I should have seen that one coming, huh? <laughs> Rock needs to put like some friggin' Grace, great mouse detective references in this. You're going to say Rocky needs to make a JoJo that's a fursuit. They should. That That's what the new one should be about. Jo- it's called what? JoJo Lands or something like that? JoJo Lands, yeah. How yeah, do it's you gonna see the- Yeah, yeah. I, I get a partial fursuiter. We have to see the abs. There's got to be abs. You know what? <laughs> actually, yeah. cut out. actually, I say this and I can't talk about it too much because it's spoilers, but there is some technical fursuiting in a, in a future moment of JoJo coming up. <laughs> I have no idea oh, what you're yes. even yes, talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah, you know what, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Oh, wait, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so, that counts. That counts. Yeah. That does count. That does count. Never mind. Yeah, I, think, right. I, I, I think that fully counts. Um, furries furries one sorry grant (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i think i think kira is a furry i think that's why killer queen looks like that that's my other (laughs) headcanon i don't have anything else to talk about i i'm 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 drained (laughs) i I could i could talk about the characters personas you know i think um okay yeah. Well, okay. Let's do this. Let, let's let's workshop personas. Oh man. Let's close this. Oh no! You activated Morgan. Let's close this out by workshopping personas for right. for the gang. Okay. Right. I okay. mean, I, Jorno is hard. Jorno is multiple choice. He can do all of them. That's kind of the whole point. I, He's some type of like yeah. shape shifting one, right? Yeah. I was thinking like a big ladybug. He, mm. I guess it would depend on what you would cast Dio as, right? Because maybe Dio uh, okay. Dio is like a lion, and maybe Giorno is yeah. like a lion with like a slightly smaller mane. You know, I can see him as like a like a lion cub, like a exactly, like a, yeah. yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. I think um, this is a lot harder than I expected it to be. Yeah, you said no, this, no. and I was like, "You're about to give yourself so much work." Butcherati, German Shepherd, done. 
Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's a good one. Like, like a German Shepherd with a Bucciarati wig, I think that'd be great. And Rocky already killed him. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, what about Mista? I think I think Dog is like always a good fallback, but I feel Cow? like Mista's cow interesting he's very nurturing he's got a caring soul you know he does he does maybe (laughs) what sylvie what nothing i just think that's funny because it's he he has six little sons you're right yes yeah i guess he is huh well who does that leave abaccio is like a dog but like a like a borzoi or something like that like at least dog <laughs> well bruno's already the german shepherd right like you don't want them both to be german shepherds oh yeah i, I don't i just meant he has the little police hat <laughs> i think abaccio is one of those um one of those like secretary birds right mm. like like the ones with the really long mm-hmm. legs i think um, okay yeah okay what Nothing. I'm just impressed. I'm trying to be a supportive friend. Okay, thank you. And, thank you. Uh, I, Narancha is a ferret. Narancha is. A I ferret. was going to yes, say that Narancha too. Is a yeah, ferret. he's totally a ferret. He stinks. <laughs> okay. All right. We. I'm not. What? I'm not talking Come about on. how Narancha smells on this podcast. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> we we have kept this relatively normal in the grand scheme of things. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> We've done a good job at keeping this on the level, Sylvie. Don't do this to me now. He pisses in front of his friends in this episode. I'm just saying, ferrets are known for smelling like pee. I don't... I don't want to... You can... What's the next persona, Morgan? That's Fugo. it, isn't it? It's, I mean, I mean, we could... Fugo. No, you gotta Fugo. do Fugo. Okay, Fugo is like a sad cat. I don't know. Platypus, because it has the toxic stinger. Oh, oh, okay. And, and it's like two things in one, you know? Yeah. 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 And yeah. sort of like how his outfit is like a bunch of things fucked up together. <laughs> That's a good one. I, what is... Let's do one last one and then I think we can wrap this up. <laughs> okay, Dopio. Do, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Axolotl. Who's, who's Dopio? Axolotl. <laughs> oh, Axolotl's oh, perfect. Yes. That's perfect. Kicks ass. Kicks ass. That's a good one. Thank you so much. Very happy with that answer. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, well, that's the that is the emoji drum experience in a nutshell. And Trish drives them all to the convention, drops them off, then comes to pick oh. them up at the end of the night. Yeah, absolutely. Also, also, she's like a flamingo. <laughs> yeah, she would be a flamingo. The, I mean, you know, you draw the experiences, the parallels, getting a stand, it's like getting a fursona, you know. Mm-hmm, Once you have mm-hmm. a fursona, you're naturally, like, gravitating towards other people with a fursona. Is it because she's so leggy? <laughs> is that why she's a flamingo? I was more pink. thinking like the pink yeah. stuff mm-hmm. with the like yeah. hair and the like sort of like there's she's got like a fashion girl thing going on and flamingos have the like yeah kind yeah of, yeah like standing out thing. Mm-hmm. Also, peacock could work, I guess, but I went with pink more. That's me showing my work. <laughs> well, thank you both for coming on. Uh, this has yeah. been a lot of fun. <laughs> Good. I hope it's been enlightening. Yeah, yeah. I hope we've yeah. shed some uh, shed some expertise on <laughs> Golden Wind, among other things. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, that, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And uh, before I let you go again, uh, you can find these two doing this sort of thing uh, <laughs> at Emojidrome 2.0. Where can people find yeah. that? Yeah. Um, so if you look on Twitter, it's just Emojidrome. Um, yeah, like you said, so we had some trouble with our hosting for a little while, and that's why our current feed is listed as Emojidrome 2.0. Um, we're still trying to figure out about how to get our backlog transferred and stuff, but subscribe to that one. Cause the other one, the, uh, company that was hosting it went out of business. Um, 
also yeah at patreon.com slash emoji drum we have a death note podcast that we have been doing sporadically and are trying to get back into doing um called hold this l that is a little that is a little fun i think it's very fun i think it's great Um, yeah i loved watching death note i have a lot of strong feelings about death note and if you want (laughs) it just to be the what personas do these characters have conversations (laughs) but like over like seven or eight episodes um that's that's for you that's like three bucks or something also i'm on friends of the table um friends the table.net it's an actual play show we just finished a season i think by the time this comes up we might have the road to um road to palisade games going Ooh. on our main feed which includes something that grant designed it's true and you're in that uh, one yeah. <laughs> i'm in that one and i had a lot of fun doing it i think it's a really good episode so keep your eye out for when we play last shooting a little bit of synergy there for you um and also i'm on twitter at sylvie bullet um i think that's everything for me well, I guess I'll take that as my cue to uh, jump in here. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So <laughs> I am also I am also the uh, other half of Emoji Drum here. Whether I am the Siskel or the Ebert or the Beavis or the Butthead. The Beavis. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know enough about Beavis or Butthead to... Um... Whether you are the Doppio or the Boss. Ooh, uh, that's a fun mm. one. I don't I'm know. The You're the Doppio. Yeah, I'll be the Boss. Yeah, I'm the yeah, I mean... <laughs> Based on how the boss's uh, outfit is going to look when it's eventually revealed, yeah, I'll I'll fucking be the boss. I love that shit. But um, <laughs> I I am on Emoji Drome. I am um, also on a recently launched monthly podcast called Herzog Fever, where my friend Janos and I are watching through a catalog of Werner Herzog films for some reason, uh, one at a time. We by the time this comes out, I think we'll have our one up on. It's it's either um, even dwarfs started small or Feta Morgana, both of which were like very interesting movies to try to podcast about. So if that's your kind of thing, <laughs> I guess check that out. I mostly what I do these days is I write like movie reviews. I do movie stuff. I program things for a local film club here in Austin called Hyperreal Film Club. I will plug them because I have a ton of reviews up on their site. So if you like reading about David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future as like a trans text. If you like reading about, oh God, what else have I written about? Uh, the Batman movie that came out with Robert oh, yeah. Pattinson. I've got that up there. I do like a list twice a year. I'm about to release my top 10 list for the first half of this year. And that's going to be a lot of fun. So check that out if you're into movies and that sort of thing. And I think I said it, but I am on Twitter at Cursegoat where you can find links to all of that stuff. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, I've got to start mm-hmm. listening to Herzog Fever before there's more than one episode for me <laughs> to catch gotta up get on. You've got to catch that Herzog <laughs> Fever. I'm telling you, once you pop, you just don't stop. <laughs> Herzog Fever sounds like something that just decimated a South American village. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, he kind of did is the thing. <laughs> Several times, even. Uh, so it, it has been a joy having you two mm-hmm. on. I'm... What, what did I wait four parts for to, to ask you? Goodness, what's wrong with me? Uh, <laughs> we had to warm up. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. You have to, you have to really get ready to have two guests of our caliber on. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but before we go, I would like to encourage all of our listeners to hey, spread this stuff around, talk about it. Uh, we're having a great time, so I have to assume at least some of you are as well. So why not? You know, say so. Talk, tell us your friends. Uh, and also, we are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash chip and ironicus. That helps us keep the lights on here and, and keep things rolling around, you know, helps us buy our time from, you know, our day jobs and stuff. And uh, 
Uh, we, we love doing it, but boy, is it nice to not uh, have have it be a money sink as well as, you know, a, a time yeah. sink, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So we are going to be back next week with three more episodes. That is uh, King Crimson versus Metallica, Beneath a Sky on the Verge of Falling, and Get to the Roman Coliseum, episodes 27, 28, and 29. So that is it uh, for the day, I suppose. (laughs) To be continued. See you later. To be continued.